Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. And we're more cheery today because uh, England have shown at least some fight. 156 for three, 203 still to win. So it's a long shot. But it feels as if like England have at least got into the contest a bit now and uh, shown some discipline against admirable, feisty and very highly disciplined Australian bowling. I mean, it's been a, a good day's play and I suppose a contrast to, to the first two days where so many wickets fell and today only seven in the whole day. How do you explain that? Uh, well, a bit more determination in the batting. Uh, another warm day. Perhaps the pitch has just eased a little bit. I think it's been a bad approach, hasn't it, really, from, from England? I mean, they've set their stall out to be determined they batted for 72 overs for those 156 runs and there you know there was a bit of feistiness there there was a thou shalt not pass attitude especially in that partnership between Denley and Root and then Stokes came in the last 40 minutes and he saw it out he barely played a shot in anger but just a sort of determination to correct what happened on the second day really I think that that's that's what he put it down to Australia kept at them you still feel that Australia are favourites to win the game but England are just giving themselves a chance I'm sure there'll be plenty of people saying they can do this they can do this and you know you look at the equation 200 runs to win seven wickets left well you think you know if there's a decent partnership between Root and Stokes in the morning then yes just possibly I mean history everything is against them but they are mm. still in the game and fighting and I think that is the most important thing you take from this day's play especially after the debacle yesterday, 67 all out. I'm just absolutely hopeless, not good enough. Yeah, well put. Uh, I think uh, overall uh, England are feeling a bit better about their batting, but still they've got this uh, opening problem. And I think it's only against Ireland in the second innings of that match when the openers have survived the first 10 overs of the innings, all 
test summer. And, and that innings against Ireland was when Jack Leach opened the batting as night watchman. So, uh, again today, both openers gone very early on. Rory Burns continuing to look a bit vulnerable to the short ball. And, uh, you know, actually playing at one today, I thought he could have left. It's, all, it's easy to say that, of course. And uh, Hazelwood is, a, is a, a very, very awkward customer because he gets the ball to lift from not very short. But uh, I think clearly you've got to be thinking in terms of leaving those balls. The bounce at Headingley has been quite excessive, hasn't it, generally? Uh, and, and that was sort of a little bit what, what did him. But then Jason Roy, done by what everyone called was an absolute beauty from Pat Cummings, I felt it was a good ball. But just Roy looks vulnerable to anything around the off stump. He stands on Midland leg and it works beautifully for him in white ball cricket because it gives him the space to free his arms for anything fractionally outside off stump. But it just makes him look a sitting target for a good bowler, as Pat Cummins undoubtedly is, who just operates on that very awkward line around the top of the off stump. The ball trimmed the top of the off stump. It probably did move away a bit. Roy seemed to to try and get his back to it in, in a very determined way, slightly tripped over his feet as he was doing so. And even though there was a, a commitment to the shot... It felt like it was always going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, he's, he's clearly a player out of form. He's struggling for confidence. You know, does he truly believe himself that he should be opening the batting? I think he, he probably feels he's, he's, he's good enough. He's a quality international player. He's good enough to be in the England side, but presumably in the middle order. Does he really believe he is an opening batsman for England? I think it's a pretty good ball, really. I, I mean, fine bowling from, from Australia again. And it, it actually looked like... It was same old, same old. They were 15 for two, Burns out, Roy out, procession started. And that, I think that was also admirable about uh, the way Joe Root played today. Just just on Roy then, what what would you do at the top of the order? Is is, is that it thus far and no uh, further? I, I, I would not open the batting with him. I just think, uh, I'll tell you what it is, I think. And, and I think it's uh, he's come into opening the batting in Test cricket at a very difficult time because... The, the Duke ball, which they use in test cricket, is uh, such a contrast to the white kookaburra that they use in one-day cricket. It's almost impossible to bat against uh, early on with uh, in the hands of the kind of bowlers that you're facing. Pat Cummins, best bowler in the world at the moment, highly ranked, uh, number one ranked. And, and actually, looking at his stats, uh, he's averaging per wicket less than the likes of Malcolm Marshall, Dennis Lilly, Glenn McGrath, of course. Uh, his, his average of, uh, is about 21, on a par with Malcolm Marshall, Kirtley Ambrose and Joel Garner, three of the greatest fast bowlers of all time. And he's got a better strike rate than all of them. Uh, so uh, Cummings, all right, he's only taken 110 wickets, whereas the other guys I've mentioned took 300 or more. But uh, still, he, he, he's Jason Roy is up against one of the finest fast bowlers that there's ever been. Uh, obviously, at a fairly early stage of his career, but still at the top of his game and with a Duke ball and, uh, you know, in conditions with a bit of grass on the pitch now where uh, the groundsmen tend to leave a bit of grass on the pitch in English, in English uh, grounds now just because of the bounce and carry that that uh, allows, giving those quick bowlers that just little bit more to work with. So, all in all, Roy is, is in the middle of a perfect storm in terms of having to bat opening the batting in test cricket, I don't think he's got the game for it. Uh, but 
few few will have. And Alistair Cook retired partly on the back of the the skill and penetration of modern bowlers uh, with with a Duke's ball. Yeah, and you have to remember why Roy was picked in the first place because they'd been through the card and no one was able to stick it out of the top of the order. So it was almost like, okay, here's our hunch, uh, Roy hits it well in one day cricket at the top of the order if he has a good World Cup and he's nice and confident in the international team then why not almost you know uh, uh, one of those situations where you, you think what's, what's worse than this you know it's, it's, it's a least worse situation and that and that's why he was picked really because others others have struggled and you know no one else was able to do the job and as you say Alistair Cook had gone uh, Keaton Jennings tried that that didn't work I've heard some people talking about you know, Sam Robson as being one of the sort of the really gritty openers, and of course he was tried. He hmm. he, he got runs here on this ground at, at Headingley, and he he was jettisoned. And his averages actually probably ended up being higher than some of the people who've been tried subsequently. You know, it, are they just? Do they just go back to very gritty openers? Do they go to the new breed, the new well, generation I think of you, openers? I think they do. You know, I think you're right. I think they do. I think they've got to go to a gritty opener because, you know, I can't sort of slightly uh, compare the opening the batting in test cricket at the moment especially in England to playing Lynx golf and if you take your driver out on uh, a Lynx course as we've all probably played somewhere like Royal Troon or Sandwich in Kent or one of the other Scottish ones or Irish ones you know if you take your big driver out into a southwester on one of those Holes which goes alongside the coast or into the, towards the coast, you know, it's it's totally futile trying to hit a big driver. And I think batting in opening the batting in Test cricket is a bit like that. You don't want to take your big driver out. You want to have a, a, as compact a technique as possible and play a really sensible short game for those first ten or fifteen overs against these high class bowlers with the Duke's ball. That is not Jason Roy. It could be, as you say, Sam Robson. It could be Dom Sibley. I notice his strike rate in county cricket is about 40. So that shows he's a a very sort of resourceful, uh, fairly steady pace sort of batsman. I think he's hit two sixes in almost a thousand runs. So he obviously tries to keep the ball on the deck. Uh, You know, it's it's got to be people who are playing in a very compact, tight way because otherwise they're a walking wicket. Yeah, well, that's a decision for the selectors. What do, what do they do? I suppose quite a bit depends on what happens on the final day of this game. And it is the fourth day tomorrow, but it will almost certainly be the final day of the game. The weather forecast is good. England need just over 200 and uh, bags of overs available for Australia to either take the wickets or concede the runs. One thing that struck me, yesterday evening you said, oh, you know, what, what could save England the game? You could say, you know, bring back George Davis. Remember the campaign George Davis here in 1975 yeah. to dig up the pitch? Well... Bizarrely and coincidentally, England tomorrow need roughly what Australia needed in 1975 when they dug up the pitch. I had a look at it earlier. England, in, in that game, Australia needed 225 to win on the final day with seven wickets in hand. And England need just over 200 with seven wickets in hand. So, so, so there you go. Uh, are you still saying dig up the pitch now? Or do you, do you think on, on we go tomorrow and no, see I what mean, happens? Well, no. 
No, I'd, lo I'd love to see what happens because England have deserved uh, another chance. I, I don't see it happening uh, because I think there's just too much potency in this Australian attack, just enough in the pitch. And you, you, you know, the, the guys like Hazelwood and Cummins are just irresistible bowlers. Lyons keeping it very tight as well. So it's, it's going to be very tough for England. For, great for Joe Root. He's played superbly. He's weathered the, the difficult periods and without being given any easy runs, he's battled away and, and played really well and he deserves 100 for that effort. I wasn't so convinced by Joe Denley, actually. I thought he had a lot of big, booming drives, those kind of ones I'm talking about putting away, especially on this surface, uh, until you've got you know, well into your innings and the ball is really old. And he played and missed a number of times. He also looked a bit like a rabbit in headlights against the short ball. He, he looked like me against the short ball, turning his back and ducking away. He was hit once or twice and eventually bounced out by Hazelwood. So I thought, he, you know, he showed some degree of pluck, but I don't think he showed quite the class that you need from an England number four. But presumably he still plays at Old Trafford. You come out and you, you produce a century partnership in those circumstances, tough circumstances, you make a half century. What, what, what do they do? I mean, again, I suppose it depends what happens in the match. I mean, there, there, there have been players who've been left out after scoring a half century for England in, in you know that what turns out to be their final test match. I think uh, James Vince actually got a half century in the last test match he played in, in New Zealand. He was jettisoned after that. So... Uh, it, it, that that's the decision for the selectors in the next uh, few days after the game. Mm. You know, a lot a lot depends what happens on this what, on this what, fourth what, day. What I was what just sort of slightly worried me was the way that Denley didn't appear to have learnt from his first innings. You know, when he played a big drive and got caught in the slips, and then he was trying to play those big drives again and played and missed a few times. You know, he's into his early thirties now. He's played uh, a long time in county cricket for two different teams. He's been around the block. He's played one day internationals. He's played tests. He doesn't seem to be really learning. Uh, so I, I, I just I don't think he's the answer at number four. As you say, he may survive the series, but I don't think he's a, a long-term solution to having someone solid in England's middle order. Uh, the other thing I worry about for tomorrow is just that you know, there's going to be a few runs for that, that tail to make for Archer, Broad and, and Leach to make, I, I fear, and probably Wokes as well. And they're just going to be bombed by these Australian fast bowlers. And I feel, you know, quite honestly, that this Australian attack is as good as they've ever had. I mean, they haven't got a Shane Warne, clearly, and they haven't got a Glenn McGrath, but I think their array of pace bowlers, augmented by Lyon, is as good, is as accurate, is as disciplined, is as potent as... Any attack they've ever they've ever brought over here? Do you agree with that? Uh, not quite, no. Uh, but I think it's a very good attack. I, I take your point. It's, it's, it's I think just below some of the attacks they've had. When they, you know when they had Brett Lee and McGrath and, and, and Warren in their attack, um, they, they they've had some fine bowling attacks in this country. But it is it is right at you the whole time. And I think that's that's what's been really noticeable in this game is how tight they've been, very little given away, and that is the challenge for for England uh, on, the, on the fourth day. Uh, you know, other parallels, I'm just thinking back to Adelaide where everyone got very excited in the last Ashes series where England were about 169 for four. They needed to double their score on the, on the final day of the match. Uh, you know, needed about another 170 to win with six wickets in hand. They battled away and then it all, they all fell in a heap the next day. And that, that could happen. I think the, the key, I mean, we talked about the morning here at Heading. The morning seems the, the best time to bowl when the, when the wickets fall. So the new ball is not far away. I think it's, top of my head, I think it's eight overs away, the new ball. So the chance, a little bit of a chance just for Root and Stokes to get in in the morning. And then 
take on the challenge of the new ball. And if it, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? If England get past the new ball without too much damage, then you, you know, you take Australia long into the day. They bowl a, a lot today, and they've only got a four-man four attack. You make those pace bowlers bowl as much as possible. But I mean, Lyons causing some problems you'd back him to get a wicket or two and support the pace bowlers that that's the challenge that's why you know not many teams chase this sort of score down England have never chased as many as this to successfully uh, you know win a test match they, 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 it would be a, a new record for them that is the size of the challenge the, the thing is the whole point about today was just standing up and showing a bit of bottle. And I think the spectators who are here, they're gradually wending their way away from the ground. Quite a few stay afterwards to sort of cheer at the players who come out for their post-match interviews. I think you know, a lot of people who come today have just ad admired, appreciated that England have shown some determination. Yeah, well, let's finish on that positive note. Chance for England to make history tomorrow by chasing that score, the highest score they've ever made in the fourth innings to win a test match. Uh, let's say good luck to them and thanks for making a game of it and we'll speak to you this time tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.